is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that your word can be heard in our words. Open our ears to what you are saying to us today. Amen. Our first reading this morning is from the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 5. I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be quick to testify against the sorcerers, the adulterers, those swearing falsely, those who cheat the day laborers out of their wages, as well as oppress the widow and the orphan against and be against those who brush aside the foreigner that do not revere me, says the Lord of heavenly forces. Our second reading from the Old Testament is from the book of Exodus. And again, the Ten Commandments. Let's listen and review and think about the intentional order these commandments have been put in. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. You must have no other gods before me. Do not make an idol for yourself, no form whatsoever of anything in the sky above or on the earth below or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow down to them or worship them because I, the Lord your God, am a passionate God. I punish children for their parents' sins, even to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me. But I am loyal and gracious to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. Do not use your Lord's name as if it were of no significance. The Lord won't forgive anyone who uses his name that way. Remember the Sabbath day and treat it as holy. Six days you may work and do all your tasks, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Do not do any work on it, not you, your sons or daughters, your male or female servants, your animals, or the immigrant who is living with you. Because the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and everything that is in them in six days, but rested on the seventh day, That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your mother and your father so that your life will be long on the fertile land and the Lord your God, that the Lord your God is giving you. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Our gospel reading this morning is from the book of John, Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. And Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he returned to the temple. All the people gathered around him and sat down, and he taught them. The legal experts and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. Placing her in the center of the group, they said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone women like this. What do you say? They said this to test him because they wanted a reason to bring an accusation against him. Jesus bent down and wrote on the ground with his finger. They continued to question him, so he stood up and replied, 
Whoever hasn't sinned should throw the first stone. Bending down again, he wrote on the ground. Those who heard him went away one by one, beginning with the elders. Finally, only Jesus and the woman were left in the middle of the crowd. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are there? Where are they? Is there no one to condemn you? She said, No one, sir. Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, don't sin anymore. This is a tricky subject to give a message on. My dad used to say say during the Wild West era in Dodge City, Kansas, that a man could break all ten commandments in a single afternoon. I didn't know if dad, dad wanted to visit Dodge City or if he was just saying that. And now I wonder, would you really have to travel all the way to Dodge City, Kansas to break all ten commandments? This morning's scripture, Exodus 20, verse 14, is tricky to talk about even amongst our closest friends, let alone out loud at church. Adultery, cheating, sneaking around, shacking up, whatever we name it, can quickly turn into juicy gossip. And just because something is uncomfortable or makes us squirm or is embarrassing or whatever it is or isn't, it does not mean we should skip over this important commandment. Thou shall not commit adultery. 3,500 years ago, when Moses came down the mountain with the two tablets of the Ten Commandments, Moses wanted the Israelites and us to have some order some value, some rules as they wandered around the promised land, just like we need those things as we wander around wondering where to land. The commandments were for a specific time and place, and in the days of Moses, there was plenty at stake. It was really very important to know who your father was because it would influence your station in life. Knowing who your father was would answer the questions of the legitimacy of children, who would inherit what, and how the family legacy was passed down. We know circumstances and worldviews change, and yet, even today, still today, we are very much in need of guidelines, rules that need to be followed. When we look closely at the Big Ten list, we see that the Ten Commandments generally rule out the most extreme form of any kind of sin, and by implication, they also rule out all the lesser sins that lead up to it. I'm going to read that again because it took me a while to get that one. The Ten Commandments generally rule out the most extreme form of any kind of sin, And by implication, they also rule out all the lesser sins that lead up to it. In this case, what is forbidden is everything that causes adultery. So let's be clear. I had to look this up myself. 
What's the difference between adultery and fornication? Adultery is sexual intercourse between a married person and someone that is not his or her mate. Fornication is sex between two unmarried people. The seventh commandment concerns our, our own and our neighbor's chastity. Chastity is defined as the state of abstaining from sexual intercourse before or outside of marriage, the avoidance of sexual sin, the quality of being pure or chaste. And for example, a virgin is what we would call chaste. Faithful married couples are examples of chastity. The seventh commandment requires husbands and wives to nurture their love for one another emotionally and spiritually as well as sexually. It is said that most adulterous relationships don't start with sex, they start with improper intimacy. A few examples of that, but not limited to, would be sharing an off-color joke with someone, a wink, a knowing smile, maybe the way we dress, casual physical contact, and of course flirting, basically making a conscious choice to do anything that would be inappropriate in the situation. Sometimes it's not just us that bring this on to ourselves, but how about the TV shows or movies we watch? songs on the radio we choose to listen to, the magazines and books we look through, the kind of entertainment we choose to go to, and of course the internet, which can be very, very private, very secretive. We should be as much afraid of what defiles the body as of that which destroys it. Whatever tends to pollute the imagination or to raise passions falls under this law as impure pictures, books, conversation, or any other matters. My little mother used to say, we are to honor our body. It is a temple of God. Do not do anything to harm your health. This is your body. It is precious, and of course, then she would add, because you know better. The last six of the commandments, which determine the duties to one neighbor, are summed up as this in one sentence. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Next to the duty of respecting another's life is placed that of respecting their domestic peace and honor. Commandment number six. Thou shalt not murder. Commandment number seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Again, the order of the commandments is important to recognize. In order, they follow like this. First of all, secure life, no murder. Secure your marriage, no adultery. And after that, secure your property, no stealing. And then proceeding from deed to word, no bearing false witness, and thought desiring something that someone else has, so no coveting. 
Pastor Jason will preach on those things in the next few weeks. God forever classifies as adultery among the worst sins a person can commit. Why is that? Maintaining a primary bond with one's spouse is essential. Failing to hold one's spouse is the most important human relationship we have is the beginning of problems. When we commit adultery, we are literally tearing the bonds of our relationship of marriage. Trust is broken between a married couple. It is a destruction of the bond which unites the family. It is the dissolving of that contract, which is the main basis of social order. Wise old King Solomon said, the adulterer destroys his own soul. For those of us that have committed adultery in the past and still feel guilty about it, whether it happened years ago, this week, last night, we know it can destroy us. We also know adultery wrecks homes, can destroy lives, harms children, ruins reputations. Whether we have experienced it or not, or witnessed it, we know adultery is an invasion of a household. Our Catholic friends list the seven deadly sins in this order. Pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, anger, and sloth. The Jews list, list the seven deadly, deadly sins in a little different order. Anger, greed, sloth, pride, lust, envy, and gluttony. And then some bright soul decided to take the seven deadly sins, the old order, throw that out the window, and put them in a new order, maybe with some new sins thrown in. So the seven deadly new sins in this order, cruelty, adultery, bigotry, dishonor, or dis dishonesty, hypocrisy, greed, and selfishness. No matter where the list comes from, adultery, also known as lust, always makes the list. Adultery is still very relevant and is still very much a sin. And it's also not our job to judge. Well, all that sinks in. Let's lighten things up a little. So there was a Sunday school teacher named Clara Null. She said, my Sunday school class of first graders was learning the Ten Commandments. When we got to thou shall not commit adultery, I wondered if I'd have to explain that to them. Sure enough, suddenly a seven-year-old girl raised her hand and asked, what does commit mean? <laughs> Another Sunday school teacher, this time a guy named Jonathan, he tells the story, a third grade Sunday school teacher was uneasy about the lesson, Paul shall not commit adultery. By way of introducing the subject, the teacher asked, would someone please explain what adultery means? A young sage answered matter-of-factly, adultery is when a kid lies about his age. 
And then there was this elderly gentleman that I used to see once a week at an assisted nursing home, assisted long-term care facility. Almost weekly, he'd propose to me. I had many ways to say no to him. But this sweet little man was forgetful. But I knew he had a wife. When I frequently reminded him that he was married and had a wife, but he always had a, an answer for every no I gave him. And my favorite comeback of his was, my wife is married, but I'm not. <laughs> See how we are as humans? We are hardwired to reproduce. Remember former President Jimmy Carter, a man many respected for his principles of clean living, a man who still today at 97 years old teaches Sunday school a couple of times a month at his Baptist church down in Plains, Georgia. Some of you will remember Jimmy Carter's interview with Playboy magazine from September of 1976. I was in the ninth grade then and this didn't completely sink in. The interview went something like this. Carter, Jimmy Carter admitted to having looked upon a lot of women with lust. The quote continued, I've con committed adultery in my heart many times. This is something God recognizes I will do, and I have done it, and God forgives me for it. Adultery was, and in many places still, is forbidden by most communities. In the days of Jesus and before Jesus, the penalty was death. As we heard from the Gospel reading of John chapter 8, teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. And I bet you didn't know this, but adultery is against the law in Minnesota. This was pretty clever how it was written. The law for adultery in Minnesota is just as cold as the state itself. If you're caught cheating, you can be fined up to $3,000 and imprisoned for as long as a year, or both. Last week, we heard Pastor Jason talk about King David and Bathsheba, and he was talking about thou shall not murder. So let's review how this, how this story goes and how it applies to today's topic. In these five short, quick steps, we'll learn what leads up to their encounter, and we'll also learn what not to do. Step one, King David was someplace he wasn't supposed to be. It was springtime, the rains had ended, that's when kings apparently went off to war. But David didn't go off to war this time. He stayed back in Jerusalem. He didn't go where he was supposed to go or do what he was supposed to be doing. Step two, he looked at something he shouldn't have seen. 
So one night, King David gets up out of bed. He's walking around on the roof of his palace. It's a nice evening. From the roof, he looked across, and there was a beautiful woman bathing. He did this. He was the king. He had nothing better to do, and he felt very powerful. He saw this woman, and his brain started to work. Step three, he asked a question he had no business asking. David sent someone to find out about her. He learned, he's, David sent someone to find out about her. The man said, is that Bathsheba, the wife of Urich, the Hittite? Step four, he sought something that wasn't his to have. His lust now leads him into deliberate sin. David sent a message over to the beautiful woman. This was a clear abuse of his power as king. David asked her to come to him. David even thought to himself, I can do anything I want. I am king. And the unstated present, the unstated business there is not even God can stop me. David knew Bathsheba was married. He knows her husband was away. He knew that adultery is wrong. He knows he shouldn't do it. Step five, did something he never should have done. She came to him and he slept with her. And is often the case, they got pregnant. Bathsheba later took Bathsheba later sent a message to David, said, I'm pregnant. David's seed had taken hold. So what about those of us that have committed adultery in the past? We may feel pretty guilty about that, whether it happened years ago, this past week, last night. Just yesterday, I started counting the ways I had been committing adultery. That, uh, by, and by noon, I stopped because I had already run out of fingers on my hand. Some of the ways that that had happened, if we take this commandment to heart, is a song came on the radio, a country song about a guy that must have been cheating on his wife. He was going on about his girlfriend, and then he says, on the other hand is a gold band. I didn't shut the song off. I just kept listening to it to see what was going to happen. How about some of those ads we see on the internet? There was an ad the other day that was really interesting. Instead of moving on, I studied it to see how all the details were put together. Because as a photographer, that's interesting. But the truth is, if that would have been an ad for shoelaces instead of liquor, I probably wouldn't have looked at it so long. Other ways that I've committed adultery this week is when I raised my eyebrow and said to a friend, nice buns, as I buttered a dinner roll. We are hardwired people to do this. But we know we have a God that loves us. 
that is full of grace and that thankfully will forgive us. If we take the lead of King David, confessed to God about his actions, prayed for forgiveness, God forgave David and God will forgive us. Again, from the Gospel of John, Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When the teachers of the law and the Pharisees kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. They stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard what he had to say began to go away. The older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there beside him and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go and sin no more. Amen. Amen.